Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Hunt Closet. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life on closet. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. As long as time has been around, life has been perfect, and there's never been trauma, and nothing has ever gotten in. Okay, y'all know I'm bullshitting you right now, right? Well, welcome to Life on Closet, where we really, truly talk about everything about coming out of closets and embracing where we are, how we got here. And one of the ways that we get here and we get through what we're doing is dealing with some traumas, some challenges, but then learning how to heal and also how to embrace. You're going to be okay. And I know I've talked Mm -hmm. millions, well, not millions. I feel like I've talked, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's been millions at this point who have listened to the podcast, but I've talked about this with hundreds of people as I've coached them and worked with people around trauma and healing as a LGBTQ person. And today I'm so happy to have an advocate who is going to share her own versions of trauma and healing. She's got a great book called You're Going to Be Okay. Her name is Madeline Popelka. And she's a fellow Californian, so I'm even more excited about that. But um, we're going to talk through like trauma and how to get past it and new things she has learned. We were just talking before we came on the air about the new things we've learned as authors about the stuff that we've written. And I'm excited to have this conversation to hopefully help some of you who may be struggling with your own trauma and learning how to embrace and move through it. So Madeline, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Me too, because I think this is something that we as humans, we all know it's kind of inevitable that trauma is going to show up in some way, shape or form in our lives, but we don't talk about it enough or at all sometimes. And that's trauma in and of itself. And I know there were things in my world where the trauma showed up And it wasn't actually the trauma that I thought was going to be the worst part of it. I mean, yes, coming out of the closet, there was lots of turmoil and chaos and everything. But there was trauma of people turning on me that I wasn't expecting to turn on me. There was trauma of rejection as a gay man stepping into the gay men's world. And all these things created different levels of trauma. But I'm happy to say I feel like, hey, I've walked through it, continue to walk through it on a daily basis. So let's kind of start diving in. You've got 16 lessons on healing from trauma. And I know you just popped out of your mama's womb and like, ah, here, I'm going to write this book. (laughs) The world's going to be okay. So obviously there's a story behind the story, right? Yes. So I am someone who has gone through, like many people have gone through a lot of traumatic experiences throughout my life starting in my childhood. Um, And I mean, a lot of stuff happened, but to sum it up in my childhood, I, what it comes down to it is um, I was made to believe that I was unlovable or would be unlovable unless I lived up to what my parents and society expected of me. Um, And you know, I experienced a lot of depression and anxiety when I was a kid and as a teen, but 
I didn't have the vocabulary to name it and didn't have the knowledge for what I was experiencing. I just thought that I was broken, damaged, and that there was something really wrong with me. Um, And then um, it didn't end there. Um, I went through a few more traumatic experiences when I was in my late 20s. And I thought that I had like my life figured out. Um, Oh, because we all do at 20. We have it all figured out, right? I know, right. Um, But I was chased one morning on my way to the farmer's market and I ran for my life. I thought it was going to be attacked, but I ended up walking out of that situation complete like untouched physically um so I was just like oh forget about it move on it wasn't that bad you know we tend to dismiss these experiences that we go through because they could be worse um while dismissing the pain that they do cause and um and then about 18 months after that um I was out at a wine bar with my friend when she was drugged and then sexually assaulted. And, um, and I was there to watch it unfold. I was so close to what happened. And I blamed myself for it while still, while also becoming really fearful that something like that would happen to me because it happened to my friend right in front of me, like it could have just as easily happened to me. Um, But once again, because it happened to my friend and not me, I dismissed it. I, I, you know, was like, you know, I told myself to get over it. Like it happened to her, not you. Um, And basically I just kept on ignoring and dismissing these traumatic experiences that I went through until they all, until like, I thought that I was dying because I was having multiple panic attacks every day. Mm. Um, I wasn't sleeping. I had severe anxiety. Um, it's just, I could not function. I could not work. I could, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't hold a conversation. Um, and then I ultimately went to go get help from my, um, psychologist and was diagnosed with PTSD. And, um, I was deeply ashamed of having PTSD and I kept it a secret for a while. And um, as I was trying to heal, I, as a reader, I, um, I went to books and I read all that I could about PTSD, trying to gain more information on how to heal. And um, there are some great books out there, but they tend to be really clinical, written by, you know, psychiatrists. And, you know, they talk about the science behind the symptoms. And as someone who was struggling and um, it, it, it's, it was not what I needed to read mm. at that time. Someone explaining like, what's happening in the brain I really needed a comforting voice to be there and be like hey I know that what you're going through really sucks but we're going to get through it together I wrote you're going to be okay to give other trauma survivors hope and to be a comforting encouraging voice to let them know that even though they've been through something horrible that they can absolutely make it through and that healing is possible. 
Well, and I think that's for all of us as humans. Okay. And I'm going to like, I'm going to start with my own community, LGBTQ plus coming out, being who you are. It's, we feel hopeless, but yet this is the human condition. And this is why I love having these conversations, even though this is a very LGBTQ centric sort of podcast, everybody has these feelings. And whether you're someone who's been through divorce someone who's going through cancer, someone who's like, I can't lose weight, being bullied, whatever it is. All of these things lead all of us to these, you know, dismal spaces that we're like, we're never going to make it. We're never going to make it. I was there. I mean, there, I mean, there's a, those who've listened, you know, and read my book, they know there was the moment that I screamed at God on the beach and said, fine, if this isn't who I'm supposed to be, then take me out. And I woke up the next morning, face down in the water on the beach Going, okay, well, I guess this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be here and boom, bada bing, bada boom, done. But even then, I still question if I was going to be okay. Because, of course, that day I woke up on the beach all like, okay, cool. And as soon as I got up and dressed and sand off, (laughs) there was sand everywhere because I'd spent the night on the beach. It was one of the worst days of my whole journey in life because everything was going wrong. Everybody who was pushing back about me coming out was pushing it really hard that day. And I realized this was one of the most hardest days that I went through and one of the most beautiful days because it was Mm. its own way of saying, I just showed you you're going to be okay, but let's see if you really can believe it. You know, Mm. and I think those are those moments that, in your own story, questioning, am I going to be okay? We can get caught in that rabbit hole like Alice in Wonderland and stay there and stay really, really stuck. So what was start, what was, was there a moment or was there a series of things that started to really get you to realize, okay, these things are helping me move forward. Was there one defining moment that said, wake up (laughs) smell the coffee or I mean there have been so many different moments throughout my healing journey because okay so even at the beginning of my healing journey um and I when I say my healing journey I mean when the time when I am intentionally starting to heal being like okay like my life is my life feels like it's falling apart right now. Right. Um, I need, I need to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the very beginning of my healing journey, I was experiencing severe PTSD symptoms. So I was really mm-hmm. focused on minimizing those to get to a point where I could function again, where I could sleep, where I could work, where I could be social, where I'm not hiding in my house and just being fearful of everything. So that was kind of stage one. And the thing about healing is it's an ongoing journey. And as you start to peel back the layers, then you reveal something else that needs healing. So um, about like three years into my healing journey, when I was, um, when I was becoming more self-aware, And I was tuning into my internal thoughts and feelings, my internal compass more and less more of looking to the outside world for inspiration, for validation. I was really more focused on me internally. And um, as I was dealing and it's, I mean, it's a messy journey. This is the thing about healing too. Um, I, 
I got to a point where um, I was having nightmares about men trying to attack me. And then I was also having dreams about having sex with women. And mm. then it came to a point where I, um, where I was like, I think I might be queer. And this was probably like four years ago. Mm. Um, and then I started going into it with my therapist because I was so confused as to whether it was the trauma that was that I was like, oh, women feel safer for me. And that's why I'm like having the, this attraction and the, this desire towards women. Um, and so I was really confused as to whether it was the trauma or whether it was something that was that was always a part of me. Right. And through a lot of, you know, trauma work and through a lot of digging, like when you go through childhood trauma, a lot of us, um, we lose our memory and it's really hard to remember things that we went through as a kid. And, yep. you know, I'll have, you know, friends, families from childhood be like, do you remember when this happened? I'm like, no, no recollection. Um, but then sometimes memories from your distant past can try to trickle in. And um, I remembered having like a crush on a girl when I was like 12 years old and how I dismissed these feelings because my mom would say things like, um, you know, if you're a lesbian, I'd, I'd, I'd accept you, but it would make me sad. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, there, so things like that makes it really hard to, um, to accept yourself when Absolutely. you're like, if, when you're like someone who I'm desperately trying to like earn a love from and someone who mm. I desperately want to be loved by will think less of me or I'll make them sad if I'm a certain way. Um, so, I mean, there was another, so as we're talking about these big moments where it's trying for um, that have caused change, like as I was, as this was starting to come up in therapy, um, I mean, I was married to a man and I was like, it wasn't bad, but I, I was also like, if I am going to continue living my life, cause I was, you know, experiencing depression too, um, I need to be living my best life and I just can't keep just being in the state of like, this is okay. There needs to be something better. I need joy in order to live, um, in order to have a fulfilling life. I wonder too, in listening to what you just shared, if it's similar to what I think most of us in the LGBTQ space, you know, you brought up that feeling that fulfilling life. It's almost like it's so far out of touch when we're in it that we can't even imagine it, you know, and oh, a lot of the work 100%. that I do is to really try to take people into that future tense as if it's already happening sort of space. Mm -hmm. Right. Because first of all, that's where you begin to kind of rekindle or rekindle the hope. Right. It's like, well, let's just act as if it's one of my, you know, it's one of the things that therapists and coaches do a lot of like, let's act as if it's already here. Right. And 
sometimes that can be some of the most challenging pieces because back to what your mom said about if you were a lesbian, I mean, I've heard similar things from my own family, like, well, you know, we, we can love the sinner, but not the sin. I'm like, well, who the fuck made you God? <laughs> you know, And it's like, but that's really demeaning and little things that demean all of us, whether it's about our sexuality or gender or anything, things that are just like, well, you know, I still, and I've shared this on the podcast before. I still remember God bless her. My, my grandmother who used to talk about one of the farm hands being light in the pants. And I finally asked my mom, what does she mean? And she goes, well, he's just different. Well, light in the pants and different always stuck with me until I figured it out. And I'm like, oh, so now I'm light in the pants and different too. So let's not talk about this, right? Let's not bring mm -hmm. this up. So these things that we don't, and it can be anything that people say. I mean, as a parent myself, I've learned where, and I'm not perfect at it even yet, but how I say things or position things or bring things up can be a traumatic event if you don't have open conversation in the right way about, hey, I'm not trying to, you know, tell you what to do. I'm trying to help help you see it through another lens. So as you started to see these lenses, what was one of the first things I know you've got, I don't want to give away everything in the book because I want people to go get the <laughs> book. And, and uh, But what's one of the lessons you feel like you've learned that's helped you the most? Uh, you can't erase your past. And mm. it is, um, I believe the first lesson actually that I wrote in here because that is something that I tried to do again and again. Because when you go through pain, I feel like our first our first reaction is to detach ourselves from it, to dismiss it, to try to forget about it and just move on with our lives. But the more that you ignore what is going on, it'll just continue to show up in your life in different ways and in a way that you can't really control. So um, instead of running from your past, um, learning to sit, sit with it, learning to process it. And, um, you know, being there for your younger self instead of abandoning your younger self and just trying to move on. And I think that's the thing that this past, it's, it's always there. It's kind of like the truth is always there. The yeah. truth of what has occurred is always there. And and the reality is always there too. And the thing is, is the more we begin to just embrace that truth, reality, our past, our present, future is yet to be determined. But, you know, it's kind of like forgiveness. I remember Oprah talking about this once and, you know, that forgiveness is a gift to yourself, not necessarily a gift to the others because the others probably don't care. In certain yeah. situations they do, right? But it's a matter of you releasing yourself to it so that you can move on. And I feel like that's one of the greatest things I could. And I did. I held so much of my trauma and my own version of PTSD was because I could not let go of people in my past who would not let me be who I am. And mm -hmm. I fought with them. I pushed with them. I'm like, you have to accept me. Da, 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 da. And I never got anywhere. But I was hell bent on, no, this past where you keep, you know, and there's still moments. I mean, with my own family, there's moments and 
because I recently was with my parents for the first time in a few months. There were moments the little boy was right there, right? And the little boy was hanging on something from being a little boy. And I was cognizant enough of it to go, what is this? What is this doing for you? How is this serving you at all right now, Rick? In fact, if anything, by me dwelling on it, I was re-traumatizing myself to certain situations. It's not that mom and dad were doing anything, quote, horrible and wrong, right? There were just things they said that I'm like, they don't realize that that's actually traumatizing me from something that happened in the past. Mm -hmm. But by me being aware and allowing myself to go, that's just, that's who they are. That's the way it is. Is it worth it at this point to even try to dialogue about it? And I realized it's not, it is simply mm-hmm. not worth it at this point. And I think that's where we release ourselves to realize you're going to be okay. You're literally, yeah. everything is going to be okay. You, everything is going to serve you and you can step through this, but it starts with you accepting mm-hmm. those pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So you wrote the book, it's been out, but there's some new stuff you've really started embracing and seeing even since then. So what's one of the new awarenesses you feel like you've seen in yourself beyond, which I've, I've done the same thing. <laughs> I wrote my book. And I'm like, oh, there's so many more things now. And I'm just lazy. I don't want to rewrite it. But I know a couple of you have said, when are you going to rewrite, frankly, my dear, I'm gay. I'm like, not happening, not, not happening, but that I know it could use it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> had its moment, but um, yeah. what's something that you feel like? I mean, I'll start. One of the things I know that's in, frankly, my dear, I'm gay is a pretty overwhelming, like, take your stand, live in your stand and be your stand. And I still believe that, like, you have to stand and advocate for yourself. What I would say is, now, take your stand, be who you are, draw your line in the sand, but realize the line in the sand is a line in the sand and sand moves <laughs> and sand comes back into place. So realize how is taking the stand actually serving you and find the way for your stands to continuously serve you, but not to make you a jerk. And yeah. I realized, you know, some of the tone at that point was very much take your stand, be your person, screw everybody else. That doesn't, that's not going to do me any good. And it's one of the hardest lessons I had to learn. And so that's one part of the book. I'm like, okay, I got it when I was doing it, but now I can see some new light. So What's something new for you that you've seen? Yeah. So, um, I mean, so there are 16 lessons in here. And actually, like, as I was writing this, this is when I was going through a lot of self-discovery on my healing journey, like opening up more about my sexuality. And I like, I don't explicitly say anything in the book, but the last chapter is embrace the ongoing process. Your healing journey is going to continuously change um, as you evolve. Um, And I really feel like every, all of the lessons in here are really relatable to this new stage of my life. And when I say new stage of my life, meaning as someone who has gone through a divorce and has come out, um, Whereas when I was in the process of writing this book, I was still married Mm. and I was still figuring out my sexuality, still very much confused. Um, And, but it's like the lessons in here, even though I'm in this different stage of my life, I still find them really relatable. Um, 
I just look at them through, I just have this new lens of looking at these lessons through. So I have like a lesson in here that's about like, um, letting others into your life and not isolating yourself when you're struggling with trauma and PTSD, because that isolation makes the pain feel so much heavier. And, you know, I have tips on starting to talk to pe- talk to your people about what you're going through. And mm. all of this was very relevant to me coming out as well, you know, right. coming out on your terms and um, finding the people who you feel safe with and that sort of thing. So um, even though I was in a completely different position when I wrote this, I do feel like the lessons are relevant just in a different mm-hmm. way. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's actually some some very parallel basis to why I changed the direction of this podcast a few years ago was simply because I realized the value that everybody has coming out stories. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hiding some facet of themselves or not sharing some truth of themselves or having something that they really would like to release, but they're not releasing it out into the world. And the power of telling multiple kinds of coming out stories has been a real blessing and a, and a boon for this podcast, because then people see the parallels, they see the reality, mm-hmm. they see the humanity in all of this for all of us. And it's been something that I've found very humbling at times to hear stories and go, oh, wow, what they just shared, that opened up something for me that I hadn't seen. Not that I think I'm all being and doing because I, you know, I'm the host of the podcast, but I find it so interesting to see these facets and then be able to walk away and go, yeah, that actually could work here for me. So even something that you just said about embracing the ongoing process, I think intuitively we as humans know that everything is an evolving, it's just an evolving process constantly. But when we stop and pause And in the worst of our anxieties or the worst of our like hopelessness or whatever it is, just to embrace, but this is ongoing. It's just part of the ongoing process to help us grow into our next, you know, I always like to say grow into the next adventure, but it's really hard to swallow that pill at times because we just want it. We're so like, I want it now. I want to know, I need to understand. And Mm -hmm. so I'm so glad that you're sharing these bits and pieces because When I see something like this, like it's kind of like Simon Sinek and his start with why. It's just so freaking relevant. When you're just so frustrated, ask yourself why. If you're in anxiety, ask yourself why. If you're not sure what direction to go, ask yourself why. It's such a simple premise, but that's Mm -hmm. what makes it beautiful. And even to your book, to like, it, you're going to be okay. Okay, it could sound really flippant to some people, but you are going to be okay until you're just not. And when it's not, then you kind of done your deal on the planet, so to speak. I really can relate to the you're going to be okay. And I'll share this with the listeners because most of them know I've had some challenges with you know two strokes and trying to figure out all this stuff, what's going on. And so... Recently, my cardiologist finally said, okay, we, we've done everything we can. We're going to need to do a stress test and, you know, you know, get that done to make sure that oxygen's flowing and everything, all this good stuff. And then, of course, you know, in our, the way our lovely healthcare system works here in the U.S., it had to go through, you know, 
hoops and all this sort of stuff. And we were literally coming up to days away from doing the stress test. And it's like, it's not approved. It's not approved. I'm like, how can a thing as basic as a stress test not be approved if you've got strokes and maybe some heart, heart issues, right? I was so anxious and so just pent up about this whole thing. And then yesterday we did it. And even going into it, I was anxious because like, okay, well, what if something happens when I'm doing this, right? Well, of course, they're trained professionals. And when I got home from it yesterday, I'm like, okay, it happened. All that trauma and anxiety you were putting yourself through, you're okay. Now, of course, then the next trauma set in like, okay, well, when am I going to get the answers, right? Well, earlier today, I was working with a client and I'm like, oh, I need to hop off this call real quick because I could tell it was my cardiologist calling. Of course, the anxiety and everything showed up, you know, the trauma yeah. and everything. And of course, like, okay, this could be really bad. This could be really bad, right? And of course it wasn't. They're like, everything came back clean. Everything's normal. Again, I'm going to be okay until I'm not. So I think this is a really beautiful lesson in just accepting that when you can step into the energy, and I'm going to take everybody into this using your book as the guide. I want you all to just think about at the moment, anything that's pushing you into anxiety or stress. And I'm not trying to, you know, overcome trauma in like two minutes on a podcast, but I'm going to invite you to try some. Think about the worst possible thing that could be going on in your life right now and let it kind of settle in and you get into the spiral of thinking about it. And then I want you to stop and take a breath and on the exhale say, I'm going to be okay. And just notice just notice that little stop breath and saying the words. And I invite you to say them out loud. Even if people look at you like you're crazy, that's okay. Say it out loud because it isn't going to fix the problem, but I can guarantee you it's going to switch the energy, even if just a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. Because when we stop and pause and we say, I'm going to be okay, your body can't help but start to react differently. And I think. The name of your book sets that up really perfectly, Madeline, for somebody to take and do those pauses and those moments. I love that. <laughs> so I'm curious yeah. for you, you've mm -hmm. embarked on the journey of, you know, your self-discovery, your sexuality, all this sort of stuff. What is one of the greatest lessons out of that part of your journey mm -hmm. that's really helping you see you're going to be okay? One lesson is just because the future is unknown and just because you're confused, it doesn't mean that you won't make it through. Mm. It doesn't mean that you won't be okay because I think that so many of us fear the unknown. Right. And when we don't know what will be on the other side of making this big decision like when I was leaving my marriage I was like I don't know what yeah <laughs> I don't exactly. know I don't know what my life is going to look like like I had never like I hadn't dated in 10 years I was like I don't know like I don't know um but it's like I just had to trust that it was going to be okay because that was really that was really my only choice. It was only, it was either stay in this situation that 
I wasn't really happy in or try something new, even though I didn't know what was going to lie ahead on my path. And um, I think that that is like, we just need to learn not to be so fearful of the unknown and really to um, trust ourselves to help guide ourselves on um, on whatever new path that we embark on. That's a great message. I work with so many people on their coming out journeys and there isn't one of them that doesn't want to know what's going to happen. Not yeah. one. Yeah. And the thing is, is we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know from the moment you and I are recording this podcast to when we get off, what's going to happen. But that's the beautiful adventure of life yeah. is what will we get to experience? And that's how I shifted around. Like, what will we get to experience good or bad? Because in every experience, we're going to get something from it. And it's really hard and it sounds really coachy and really trite. But when I start to walk people through that, it's like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen, but we also don't know what you're going to get to experience. That is so true. Um, it's such I a think rework. It really is. I think a lot of us we we like build up this fear in our heads because of the unknown, and we create these narratives that are more likely negative than positive. We think about all the things that could go wrong without, and it can be a challenge to start to dream up the things that could go right. So um, yeah, I feel like to create a narrative that is like more accurate um, and more based in reality, you need to be able to allow yourself to dream up a better, more fulfilling life. Otherwise, I feel like a lot of us naturally just go to the negative because it's yeah. a way to protect ourselves from you know, something bad happening. Well, absolutely. Um, uh -huh. And that protectionism is something sometimes that is actually the worst thing for us. It's yeah. interesting because yeah. we're, we're, we're embarking yep. on this really fabulous vacation or well, by the time this one airs, we'll be actually, we'll be middle of the vacation at this point. And prior to the vacation starting, there was a zoom call. It's a small LGBTQ cruise I say Love small, it. but it is small. It's only 260 passengers. So they had a Zoom call for anybody who wanted to come on, ask questions and all this sort of stuff. And one of the owners of the tour group said, because people were asking like questions, like it's a, it's a French ship. So like, Hey, is most of the food going to be French? We want it. And they're like, no, there'll be, there'll be a predominance of French food, but there'll also be, you know, American standard offerings. And he said, I would like to invite all of you, given this adventure we're all going on. I mean, we're going to be 15 days together on this boat. So that's an adventure in and of itself. He goes to just really embark on the adventure and let yourself mm -hmm. really try things for this you know, trip. And I thought that was a really great way to look at life. If we don't invite ourselves on the adventure and to explore, are we actually giving ourselves the best life possible? Mm. And are we actually yeah. ever going to live our lives uncloseted? So, mm. well, Madeline, I have so enjoyed this conversation. So if somebody wants to get your book, where's the best places to find it? I know we've got your website. We'll have that on the um, show page, but um, where else might they find your book? Yeah, um, wherever books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, Bookshop, if nice. you want to support your 
local indie bookstore. I, you could have them bring it in. Um, and then, yeah, um, just I have links on my website and all that good awesome. stuff too. Very cool. Well, I'm so glad you came and shared and shared about trauma and recovery from it and the, you know, your lessons in your book. And I thank you for just being open to some very candid conversation about your own journey. And thanks for sharing with my audience. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.